Fox and Fallon golden episode. Absolutely. Episode 19 on July 19th. It is the middle of the summer, Tanya. NFL preseason right around the corner next week. The weather's finally nice everywhere. And it's happening for us. We're going to throw a little summer block party for all our listeners with an all gimmicks and rants podcast. Our first one ever. I'm super hyped for this. I'm hyped. You know, I, I try to bring the facts on this podcast sometimes, Court, but I just, my heart and soul is gimmicks and rants. Oh, you bring the facts? I, hey, you know that. I try to bring the reason. Humble brag. Bring- humble brag. I like hey, it. I hey, like it. I, I bring the knowledge. I bring the facts. I'm not saying I'm the only one who does it, but I try hard to bring it. And I'm just ready to I'm just ready to kind of chill and throw out my hot takes. Lean back, let Cordy do the heavy lifting on the facts these days. How about how you feel about that? Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Come on, come on, come on, Court. Listen, if Kevin Garnett says anything is possible, anything is possible. On today's All Gimmicks and Rants podcast, we hit our debut segment called Echo Chamber, affectionately known as some bullshit where we hit on the NFL's decision whether not to suspend Tyreek Hill. Then we examine crowd noise around Jim Harbaugh's comments about rival college football coach Urban Meyer. There will be plenty to talk about there, Tanya. I know that you got your hot takes lined up. And we'll finish out with a little hot take roulette, Vegas style, where we make some risky hypothetical bets on the hottest of hot take predictions for the 2019 NFL season. And I got to say, we're finishing out the show with a little LeBron Taco Tuesday. It's funny because I was like, oh, you, we don't have to tease LeBron Taco Tuesday. No, like, we, have to, we have to tease Taco yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, I was like, we'll surprise the, the fans with it. But like, you're too passionate for it. And you know what? I respect that, Court. We got we to gotta lean into the things that make us happy. A hundred percent. All right, let's get into this right now. This is our echo chamber. Whenever someone says something that is just parroting shit from the past, you're listening to your own voice. The NFL is notorious for doing that. They don't listen to anyone. They, they take their own counsel. They pass on the lawyers. And they do what they want to do. And that's why they're the shield and the greatest organization in all of sports. So in this segment, Tanya's going to be calling out the NFL on some bullshit and their lingo in a statement they released today on Tyreek Hill and his alleged domestic violence case. Courtney, I have some thoughts. So what we're going to do is I'm going to have you read this statement from the NFL. I will do it, and I will do it diligently. They always choose their words carefully. Yes. They pride themselves on that. Yes. So I'm going to have you just read it word for word. We don't edit anything they say. We're going to have you read it through, and I'm going to stop you when I hear some bullshit. All right, let's begin. So here it is. The NFL released the following statement today. You ready? Ready. Over the past four months, we have conducted a comprehensive investigation of allegations regarding Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill. Throughout this investigation, the NFL's primary concern has been the well-being of the child. Stop. That's some bullshit. And I'm going to tell you right now, the primary concern being the well-being of the child is not actually their job. Their job is not to concern themselves with the well-being of anyone's child. They're concerned with the behavior of their players. Yes. Now, if that indirectly affects someone's child, that's a different thing. But to, for them to start out throwing the child card, to me, is cheap. Continue. Our understanding is that the child is safe and that the child's ongoing care is being directed and monitored by the Johnson County District Court and the Johnson County Department for Children and Families. Again, bullshit. Stopping you right there. 
we are not asking you to litigate how safe the child is. We know that that's not your job. Yeah. No one is asking you to make sure that that's happening. We're asking you to take care of your employee. I don't understand where it comes in. No one has ever said like, oh, Roger Goodell, make sure you personally ensure every child is safe in the NFL. Like we understand that that's not your job. You're, this is what he does so perfectly. He's distracting us. He's throwing us magic tricks. Keep going. The ultimate deflection. Continuing. In conducting our investigation, we have taken great care to ensure that we do not interfere with the county's proceedings or compromise the privacy or welfare of the child in any way. That's, stop, bullshit. That's the third reference to the yeah. safety of this child in the first paragraph of this statement. We have not even gotten to the actual issue at hand, yeah. which is did your NFL player do something that violated the code of conduct for your league? Why are we still talking about the safety of of the child and the monitoring of the child. We know that that is part of the investigation, that this is there, you gotta get DCF involved and all of those things. And the idea that it's your, it's your understanding, guess what? We don't, you're not an expert on this stuff. Like yeah. the idea, we've seen how you've handled domestic violence. It actually makes me feel worse that they're like, don't worry guys, we got this covered, kid safe. <laughs> oh great, well now I feel like I should go check on the fucking kid personally, because I have to be honest, I don't exactly trust them as the experts on that. Courtney, keep going. The information developed in the court proceedings is confidential and has not been shared with us. Okay, I'm, I... Uh, I'm stopping you right there, and I'm calling out some bullshit. That is some bullshit. We know, we've seen this before, that they find things out and they don't tell us. They lie and say they don't have information when they do. We know information leaks to them. We know law enforcement gives them information. They are one of the most powerful organizations in the country, privatized or not. Yeah. These are people who have former FBI employees in their employ for specific investigations. And we're supposed to believe this stuff. I understand they have to say it legally, but again, I'm calling out some bullshit. All right. Well, that was a mid sentence, some bullshit. Okay. Because we're not finished with that sentence. So dot, 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 dot ellipses. And the court has sealed all law enforcement records. Local law enforcement authorities have publicly advised that the available evidence does not permit them to determine who caused the child's injuries? Some bullshit. Here we go. In the audio that was released. Yes. He said to his girlfriend, who he's had domestic violence issues in the past. This was part of his past in college. Yeah. You should be terrified of me. That's so, I, honestly, as a woman, having like, a, I mean, regardless of your size, wide receivers, offensive linemen, having a player or a person of that size, 6'3", 6'4", 250, 300 pounds, like saying something to you. I know they don't count out intimidation factor, but like, my God. Well, that's part of the, the issue. The power. Is, this is why women those don't come words. forward. They hear those words and you should be terrified oh because these God. people are bigger, stronger, and have more power than you. So it's all well and good. But what about the woman who was told she should be afraid oh, God. about coming forward about this kid? Continue. All right. Just for reference, we are now on paragraph three. We have had five violations her Tanya of some bullshit. Similarly, based on the evidence presently available, the NFL cannot conclude that Mr. Hill violated the personal conduct policy. Some bullshit. I have to wonder what Ezekiel Elliott is thinking, reading this, saying, mm, interesting, you couldn't conclude. First of all, it's not your job to decide whether or not th there's like a legal case here. You know how I know that, Courtney? Because that's what the league told me when they suspended Tom Brady for four games based on not cooperating with their investigation. 
they are completely and totally out of their grip here because what happens is they take these situations and they can't decide what the standard is. Ezekiel Elliott is not in jail for domestic violence. Nope, he was suspended six games in 2017. So what did he do that they never explain what the difference is? And the fact of the matter is, if you can have Every ongoing domestic violence though. cases, ongoing domestic violence with audio evidence that there is a threatening, scary culture of intimidation in that relationship in the mother with his mother of his child, that's not enough to suspend somebody. But if you you have what what do we need? We need video. We need pictures because Greg Hardy had pictures. You guys didn't take it that seriously. Ray Rice had pictures. You didn't take it that seriously. And I'm starting to wonder what it takes for someone to be suspended in the NFL for domestic violence. And I think that they should start putting point blank. We don't have pictures and we don't have video. Audio is not enough. Own your shit. Here's the problem, Tanya. The NFL has a history of being very inconsistent with their suspensions. And right now, the biggest thing that the NFL wants to cover up or to look over or to try to correct is concussions and the health of the brains of the players that, sure. that play in their league. So that's their focus. Last year they hired, was it last year or two years ago, they hired a neuroscientist from Vanderbilt University specifically appointed after all of the allegations and those players that have filed a CTE lawsuit and are still in limbo. I mean, what has it been, five, six years? Those guys are not getting any money. The league's focus right now is on the things that make people happy. NFL fixing a concussion issue, health, wellness, play 60, fighting type 2 diabetes, you know, breast cancer awareness. The NFL does not want to address this, period. Why? They, because every headline, it's a black eye on their organization. It shows that the players that are heroes to millions of people and represent the league and represent the shield and all their values, their players are flawed. Anytime that this is mentioned, they try to push it under the rug. That is why they are so inconsistent. But if Tyreek Hill goes on and plays an entire season for the Kansas City Chiefs, there needs to be a heavy discussion at the owners' meetings next year because this is completely unacceptable. Hit me with the rest of this course so we can get through this. Accordingly, he may attend Kansas City's training camp and participate in all club activities. He has been and will continue to be the subject to conditions set forth by the district court, Commissioner Goodell and the Chiefs, which include clinical evaluation and therapeutic intervention. Hold up. So he needs clinical evaluation and therapeutic intervention for doing nothing? Is that what, like, what, they're literally contradicting themselves right there saying, well, he didn't do anything. We don't have any reason to really suspend him. We don't have enough evidence, but we have enough evidence to continue to make sure he doesn't do the thing we don't think he did. Okay, keep going. If further information becomes available through law enforcement, the pending court proceeding, or other sources, we will promptly consider it all and take all appropriate steps at the time. Bull shit. That's hedging. That's their way of saying, like, hey, if something comes out, this is, you know what this is, Courtney? This is the Ray Rice disclaimer. Hey, if we get video mailed to us, if we get photos of someone's bruises or cuts, then, you know, we'll take care of it. But in the meantime, since all we have is audio and previous history and the fact that we've seen this happen a thousand times and we continue to do it, that's not enough. That's hedging, and I, you know more than anything. Own what you're saying. Don't hedge. Hey, if something comes out, 
Yeah, well, if something comes out, it's going to be too late. How about that? That segment was fire. I'm glad we did that. It was a way that I feel like was a great way to address this. And I'm ready to move on from it because, unfortunately, Courtney, there's nothing we can do to change the NFL's opinion on this. However, yes, opinions are out there. And that's what we refer to as crowd noise in the NFL social media scene. Social buzz all across the Twitter waves, across your headlines, and on your desktops. The buzz around the league right now, um, and this is, we named this segment Crowd Noise. And what we want you to understand about this segment is that it's really about a topic where there's an abundance of agreement, but somehow it's still a really big headline, as if we're still debating it. You know, like, there are some things that end up in the news and we're all talking about it, but somehow we all agree, you know, like Stranger Things is a good show, but we talk about it all the time as if there's a conversation to be had about it. Well, we're dealing with one of those things right now, and it's brought to us courtesy of Michigan head coach and khaki ambassador, <laughs> Jim Harbaugh. I like that. I like that. Jim Harbaugh made an appearance on the Athletics, the TK Show podcast on Thursday, and he had some things to say about rival head coach Urban Meyer. I know that you have the quote, Courtney. Can you hit me with that, please? Well, if you're appointing me the Fox and Fallon debate moderator today, court transcriber, I will do so. So Harbaugh said, Urban Myers had a winning record, really phenomenal record everywhere he's been, but also controversy follows him everywhere he's been. And that is the quote that got everybody talking and what he followed up with the next day in response. Not to spoil the topic but it was much in the same. He continued, I don't think it was anything that's new or anything of a bombshell of a quote. It's things that you all understand and have written about day after day after day. <laughs> well, he didn't say the day after day. I mean, I'm that's just... I'm, lip, but you're right. It really embodies the, the spirit of the, of the comment. Yes, because remember, this is a crowd noise segment on things that are all Captain Obvious. And yes, we know this. He was asked later on Friday if his comments were premeditated to add some fuel to the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry. I bet you that was a local beat reporter trying to make a headline. And Harbaugh answered, it was me saying what I think. And what he thinks, read between the lines, Urban Meyer is a head case. Well, and it's not even really read between the lines. And that's why this is so obvious, Courtney, because nobody disagrees. That's the thing about these Captain Obvious comments and debates and things in the media. Nobody disagrees that he's controversial. That's not actually a debate. You know, like sometimes I think we get into this hot take world where we think everything could be a debate if we, you know, argue over it long enough, but yeah. some things are sort of universally understood. And being controversial is sort of an objective qualification, right? So has he been embroiled in controversies? Yes. Yes. Florida, Ohio State, we know what's been going on for the past few years. 31 of his players were arrested at the University of Florida within a span of six years, and 10 of them were charged with felonies, including, notoriously, the late Patriot tight end, he who shall not be named. Exactly. And then we know that in the last year, he was dealing with an Ohio State controversy where he knew about some domestic violence issues going on with one of his coaches. He misled everybody, including his program, about yeah. what he knew. And he was suspended for three games for that. Okay? So this is fact. Yeah. These aren't things that we're making up. This isn't an opinion. So when you say that someone's controversial, and they are, that's not a take. That's why, to me, this is one of those things where it's like, we need to stop as you know, fans of sports and as media and everything else and think, are we actually arguing this? And it's funny because if you go on and you read some of the takes and the media commentary on the specific situation, you will find nobody defending Urban Meyer. 
what he said is the objective truth. And I think we need to start realizing that sometimes things are just, say it with me, Court. Obvious. Exactly. That was kind of weak. But anyways, really, though, mind you that there is credible reporting about the influence that he had while he was at Florida and the intimidation factor that he wielded to keep people silent on that campus and with law enforcement, including. And that's on the record, journalist 60s. Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing else to argue right here. Number two on our Captain Obvious crowd noise segment, Saquon Barkley. He got a nice little Christmas present in July, Tanya. From one of the best running backs to ever play the game, Adrian Peterson, speaking on the NFL 100 interviews that they do every year, ranking the 100 best players in the league, voted on by the players, as it should be. No one else. Reporters, high-ranking, low-ranking, Doug Farrar included. I love you, man. But, like, the top 100 players should be voted on by the players who admire them. And play against them. Yeah, exactly. So... Here's what he had to say about Saquon Barkley. Tremendous ability, great vision, great feet. He's like the, in my eyes, like the perfect size running back. I feel like he got, he has great qualities and has the talent to go along with it. And you know, God's willing, you know, he stays healthy. I don't think he realized yet how dominant he can be. So he has the ability to be the best back to play the game. Second coming of Barry Sanders? Sweetness, Walter Payton in his second year? Tanya, wow, a guy who's had a great rookie season could be the next big thing in his second year? Where have we heard this before? I mean, I think that we could probably list off 45 different running backs who were supposed to be the next big thing over the last 20 years. And you're right, it's a very, I think it's actually very sweet that Adrian Peterson's trying to give cred, you know, like, there is a level of, like, Saquon's amazing. He's a pretty likable guy. I think yeah. we're all rooting for him. And AP is on his way out, and yeah. he's trying and to he's, give credit to the, yeah. you know, trying to Hall boost the ego, sure. of course. But I think, you know, during the, our research about Saquon, we're really trying to be, like, fair to this take. We came across the all-time scrimmage leader in a season, and that's Chris Johnson. Yes. Okay? Chris Johnson holds the record for scrimmage yards in a single season. Chris Johnson doesn't break the top 50 running backs of all time. I'm not going to say it was an anomaly year. No, he was a great running back. No, I mean, there was a a span about two, three years where he was completely dominant. But again, the lifespan of a running back ends at 30 years old. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You've said that so many times about running backs. And the thing about Saquon is he really could. I don't think that we're in an era of football where he even is going to be able to have the lifespan of the former running backs that are the greats. It's going to be very hard for someone to break out like that. And if they are... They're going to have to be receiving backs as well. Yeah. This whole thing about predicting that really great rookies. I mean, listen, we're guilty of it. We're Captain Obvious ourselves because we've done this with Patrick Mahomes, right? Like one great season, all of a sudden you're latching on to people. It's hard to call yourself on this. And I'm going to say, we've been Captain Obvious in the past. Yeah. And Adrian Peterson and the people at NFL Network are giving it a little bit of a like, hey, this rookie, wow, you're such a genius. I can't, like, it's like as if, if he becomes the next great court running back, it won't be because you predicted it after his rookie season. It's going to take him seven years before we really figure that out, okay? Well, listen, I do think Saquon is going to have a phenomenal second season. He could boost those records and add to those numbers because, listen, you have an 85-year-old grandfather and Eli Manning at quarterback that they're still keeping there. Not a great O-line. I haven't seen that Giants O-line improve over the last two, three years, regardless of who they picked up in free agency or who they drafted in the draft in April. 
I mean, listen, I'll toss this to you. If he boosts his stats and gets 2,400 yards from scrimmage and nearly tips that Chris Johnson all-time record, how does this change the conversation? It doesn't. It's always kept an obvious until you've gotten through three or four seasons because what we see is we see Todd Gurley, he gets through three seasons, things start to break down, that knee starts to get hurt. Ezekiel Elliott, incredible. The best running back in the league, no questions asked. But his stats have been dipping every year since his rookie season. Yeah, it's a physical Still sit- incredible. Physical. Le- Le'Veon Bell, incredible running back who's had a lot of off-the-field drama with his teams and can't seem to like really have the consistency. So give me three or four years, then come back to me. That's the only way can, we can really assess a running back in 2019. Anything's possible. Honestly, Tanya, that's just one of my favorite quotes, and I'm just really happy I got to throw that in the pot. I'm into our new thing of just, like, really latching onto a quote for an episode. I'm, like, down to do this forever. We totally figured out the YouTube download. The YouTube YouTube sound converter. We got it. Guys, can you tell we know how to do this now? We're going to start doing it all the time. Listen, I do a fantastic job editing this podcast. Yes. We are a two-man band, and I think we kill it. Courtney, our last segment is a familiar one. We've done this before. It's not a new one. We're going back to an old classic, Would You Rather. Yes. We're going to give it a little twist. We're going to give it a little summer hot take twist because that's what we're doing today. It's going to be a Would You Rather hot take roulette, Vegas style. Vegas. High stakes, Court. Yes. All right? So every single Would You Rather is hypothetically for $10,000. That's a house bet there. $10,000, okay? Put that in my account now. That's what I'm saying. But Please. these are going to be easy ones. These are going to be some we're getting drunk with John Daly type hot takes. Don't right? forget Vince Vaughn at a Cubs game. Exactly. I would rather spend a day with Jerry Seinfeld and the Mets. Exactly. Listen if you don't know what content. we're... Yes. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about... Go through all of them until yeah, you find the gem, download, download every single episode. Spend your life with us. Okay. <laughs> Send it to friends and family, please. Courtney, yes. you're going to be the first victim. I'm going to present you with the first $10,000 bet. Yes, give it to me. Would you rather bet that the Bears will be the best team in the NFC North, they're going to win the division, or that brand new Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury will revolutionize the woeful Cardinals offense? Well, I have to think about that one for a second. Listen, I a lot of people are dogging on the Bears recently. Yeah, I don't know why. I honestly. you know they're they're saying Mitch Trubisky is not he doesn't have the moxie to take a team deep in the playoffs. But listen, I still do think the Bears are going to take the NFC North, and here is why: the Lions are a complete work in progress. I love Matty P, but you saw the flashes and the inconsistency beating Bill Belichick and the Patriots handedly and then struggling through the rest of the season. The Vikings, they always blow it. And the Packers have an underexperienced offensive head coach who has a completely different vision, Tanya, than Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't listen to anybody. So what are you left with? The Bears, solid coaching staff. Their defense is top. Khalil Mack is a boss. He's probably going to get like 15 sacks this season. And Mitch Trubisky is on the rise. So I am going to take... The Bears are the best team in the NFC North. I think that's smart. Give me my monies. I will give you your monies. I mean, listen, Please. I know you didn't ask me, but I do think it's a good take. Not that my, it, hey, you bet it. It's too late now, but I'm just telling you I like it. All right, Tanya, now it's my turn to throw it to you. For 10K, 10 racks, as they say in the hood, would you rather put your money down on Cam Newton having the best passer rating of his career in 2019 with that brand new throwing motion that everyone is all abuzz now? 
or that the Jets will make the playoffs. That's it's kind of funny because people don't know this about me, but I actually like am a huge Cam defender. I am not. I'm and I don't mean it in the way that I think he is an MVP or that he deserves any sort of extra credit. I think that he's detrimental to himself sometimes, but he's so wildly talented on an historic level that we overlook because he isn't the greatest passer. And I think that he is too old and too far into his career and too mentally checked out to really change that yeah. going forward. I don't think he had, like, if you all of a sudden put give him the Colts coaching staff or the Chiefs coaching staff or the Rams I might change my mind. Or Ron Bruce Rivera. Arians, the quarterback. Sure, exactly. The quarterback genius. Ron Rivera is a defensive coach, and while I know that they have good guys there, I just don't see it happening. Meanwhile, the Jets are... <laughs> Listen, we've seen them have their moments in the past with Rex Ryan. I have not a ton of faith in Adam Gase, but I do have faith in Sam Darnold and Le'Veon Bell and Agree. the defense on Agree. that team. I think that they could be... Based on the competitiveness of the AFC this year, uh, the AFC North's going to be competitive. The AFC South's going to be competitive. I mean, these are there, there's a lot going on. They could sneak into a wild card. So, listen, Court, I'm taking the Jets. I can't believe I'm saying this. This sounds nuts. I'm going to bet $10,000 hypothetical dollars on the goddamn Jets. Monopoly money. I hate to agree with you on every topic. I know we disagree. I disagree on Cam. Cam is one of my least favorite players in the sure. league. I have a lot of stock and a lot of faith in Le'Veon Bell. And I think when we did, again, throwing you guys back to some of our previous episodes where we did a breakdown of the 2019 season, who did well in free agency, I think we predicted that Le'Veon Bell was going to have a monster year. That rematch with the Steelers, it's in December. I think he is coming into this season healthy and ready to bust everyone's ass. So... I think everyone in New England, I know you are a diehard Patriots fan, both of us born and raised in Boston, I think the Patriots are going to welcome a division rival and healthy competition. Courtney, well said. I got another one for you. Get yourself ready for this one. Yes. Would you rather bet that Bruce Arians will win Coach of the Year in 2019 with the Bucks, his big return to the NFL, or that Dak Prescott will be the league MVP? I am a big Jason Life fan, the GM of the Bucks, but I have to say I I have very little faith in the Bucks succeeding at all this year. Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick was his backup, and Jameis played half the season. Hurt, overweight, can't play. I mean, like, betting on Jameis playing a full season at quarterback and being consistent and eating those W's with his hands every single week is not possible. They lost Gerald McCoy, one of the most valuable players on their team. Headstrong, locker room guy. I mean, that is a huge hit to their team. And JPP got into a, a, an accident, a car accident. He's accident prone, let's uh, be honest. Yes. I, I mean, yes, but he had another horrific issue in the offseason. I don't really think that I can explain this anymore. Yes, Arians did big work with Peyton, Big Ben, Andrew Luck, Carson Palmer. But I really don't think he's the quarterback whisperer anymore. I really don't think that he's going to be able to do anything with Jameis Winston. So I've got my faith in Dak because of Zeke. As you mentioned, and I agree, Ezekiel Elliott, one of the best running backs in the league. Jason Garrett saved his job last year. They got a 10-win season. They made the playoffs. They're sticking with their core guys. I'm believing in the Cowboys, and I'm believing in Dak Prescott. He's heading into his fourth season. He's had his ups and downs. But that trade from the Raiders last year with Amari Cooper paid off 
millions. I mean, millions for this Cowboys team instantly. He's going to have a big year. And yeah, I would go with Dak Prescott winning the MVP over anything with the Bucks right now. Yeah, I mean, he's trying to get paid too. So you got to get you get that contract here. You get that big season. So who knows? Who knows what we'll see from Dak, but I agree. Jerry Jones got deep pockets. He does indeed. Yes, he loves him some Dak. All right, our final Would You Rather Vegas style of the day, finishing up the podcast. Tanya, would you rather take a bet that Jimmy G will lead the league in passing yards, fresh off that ACL tear, a hearing from my girl, Tracy Sandler, Fangirl Sports Network, Jimmy G is going to be ready to go for training camp next week. So would you take Jimmy G or Nick Foles with the Jacksonville Jaguars? What's your take? That's interesting. I actually really like that you picked those two quarterbacks because... They're both in a spot where they've had success previously, but they're in new situations we haven't seen. We really haven't seen Jimmy Garoppolo start a season, go through the whole process, right? Yeah. We know he's good. Yeah. We know he has it. We know Nick Foles is good and he has it, but he's never succeeded outside of the Eagles. So it's really a matter of like <sighs> figuring out for me, I think, and this is going to sound nuts. Yeah. Okay. Please don't go nuts here but like I saw the Jags succeed for a season with Blake Bortles at dude I, I'm a I, I'm a fan of the Jags okay. I'm yes. I literally I, I they've got a head coach that I honestly really like I like Doug Marone I, love I Doug think Marone. he's a little bit more of the like players guy like he's he's a hardcore guy but he relates to the locker room in a way that I think is pretty interesting he's very unique in this in the way that he approaches it he's a former player himself yeah there's a good energy to him and it seems like he is the right in the right place at the right time for this team. And Tom Coughlin, regardless of what you think about him as a Patriots fan, any of us, whatever, we all have the utmost respect for the man. And I ha I know that I saw a difference in that team as soon as he took over in the front office there. And I watched Nick Foles put that team on his back and beat the Patriots in a very competitive Super Bowl, in a Super Bowl that Tom Brady threw for 505 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions, and Nick Foles came out on top, I would be a fucking fool not to bet on my boy Nick Foles. I couldn't agree with you more. It's one of those days, Court. It's funny, Tanya. We had a whole segment about not agreeing with everything else that we're talking about, and suddenly we just found ourselves See, agreeing. It's, just, it's one of those days. Sometimes you can't manufacture debate. Sometimes we're just on the same page and just killing it. Hey, maybe we're just right. Ever think about that? Huh? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, there you go. No, Doug Marone is one of my favorite. Here's the thing about Doug Marone, too. You're saying he's a player's guy. When I had a chance to talk to him at the owners' meetings a couple years ago, he's not one of those guys. You know, some of the coaches are open. I mean, obviously, there's a big spectrum of friendly coaches and not friendly coaches, and we know where everyone falls in between. But Doug Marone is the kind of guy, when you approach him, you start talking to him. He's like a no bullshit. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to tell you shit, but he's joking with you. He's sarcastic. Yeah. He's hard. He's yeah. like, he's just got this vibe that's awesome. Yeah, he's really cool. I think cool is the word. It's, it's hard to describe. He really like, is. He was on part of my take last week talking yeah. about how he loves bologna. Like, yeah, fried bologna. What? Yeah. I know, he's just like Ugh. one of those guys who's like, he lets you in enough. But he protects his guys. He protects what's oh, going on sure. there. And they can trust him. And so that's a good thing. And I think Nick Foles is going to be great, 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 great for that locker room. Well, I think we hit some hard topics. Fun, fast, gimmicks and rants. We ranted and gimmicked. One parting note we have to give to all of our Fox and Fallon listeners is that Taco Tuesday, LeBron James's little gimmick that he does with his family eating Mexican food on a Tuesday night, and he makes everyone around him, all of his kids, yell, Taco Tuesday, is one of the best 
things on social media, period. Give me more Taco Tuesday videos every day and I will throw this to you, Tanya. I take LeBron Taco Tuesday over anything that Tom Brady puts on social media. Listen, I... I'm that passionate about yeah, it. Yeah, and, and everybody agrees. Tom Brady's like weirdly good at social media for someone with very little personality. But I, again, I can't believe we're going to end this agreeing so completely. <laughs> but I love LeBron Taco Tuesday. Like oh I've watched those videos God. so many times. All his adorable kids. Savannah being kind of like hashtag over it. Dude, the best part was Savannah. He, toss, he tosses it like all his kids are getting really into it. His kids' friends on his basketball team. He's like, yo, Savannah. She's like... Yo, Ron, it's motherfucking Taco Tuesday. Like, Taco he's like, Tuesday. get that camera out of my face. I don't want like, I'm done with this now. And she's, and the thing is, so he just funny. has so much fun. He lives life the way you would think you'd live life if you were LeBron James. And there's something really charming about that. You know, we didn't, we never got that from like MJ or Kobe or any of it. They're just salty and angry and felt like the world was like against them. This guy just has like a legitimately good time being famous and rich and really good at his job. And I like that. His kids are mad cute. Which he doesn't have control over per se, but they just happen to be mad cute. And they're and really good at basketball. I want to be invited yes. to LeBron Taco Tuesday. So I would like to initiate right now before we go an audition for our, our Taco Tuesday Instagram call. Yes. Okay. I so, might have I might have to leave the room for this. My my you're voice going to like yeah the next door neighbor's apartment so that you don't blow out the mic. However, the louder I yell, it'll be fine. So Courtney, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna give you my best Taco Tuesday. Because I, I got to get a running start. I got to run yeah, out the door. Yeah. LeBron, I know you're listening. You live in Brentwood. We know you're a regular I know where you live. Of, of our podcast. Ron, Ron, I covered you in Miami. Come I on. It's bring, your girl court. This is the heat I'm going to bring to Taco Tuesday. Wow, that was awesome. That I had that was really good. into that. I think that's the loudest that Tanya has hit any of the levels on our podcast, like literally ever. I got into the red, bitch. You got like well into the red. Nice. I All have right. a pro. I have a problem with the red. Hit me with Taco Tuesday. All right, give me a second. I gotta walk out the door. Hold she's actually, guys, she's legit. I, I actually am walking, walking into the, the other room. Wait, this is gonna be funny to see how you hit the levels by walking out of the other room. It's Taco Tuesday. Yo, straight up, she was like 12 feet away for that. That's insane. Voice cracked a little bit. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Let's go, baby. That is our audition. We're going to put it out there. If you guys run into LeBron, play it for him. We're going to get there. This is our, oh this is our dream. This is our dream. Oh no, we're, we're for real, like, just having a great time with this. It was a great way to end the pod. Courtney, I love this. We had a great time. I love this so much. I think our summer block party was a success. I feel like everyone had a good time. I mean, I... Honestly, you can't imagine listening to this podcast and not leaving with a smile on your face. And I know I'm biased because I host the podcast, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I can't. My first reaction was, I couldn't agree more. But I'm not going to say that. Because <laughs> Don't say it again. that's just hella lame. I will leave you with Kevin Garnett. Anything is possible! We out. We out. See you next time. Bye! Ciao. Anything's possible. Anything's possible! Bullshit. Some bullshit. Bullshit. Yo, that was not suited for work. And it's, uh, everything I did. My work is not suited for work. Dude, like, everybody drops F-bombs on, on podcasts. I mean, I like, have... You don't the... swear on a... I'm not even kidding. Like, I'm not being a dick. Like, 
everybody, like Nina Kimes, like people who are on ESPN, if you're on a podcast, like you're allowed to fucking swear. Like surprising since they're owned by Disney though. I know, but like, it's not, it's a different thing. Like if you let people go, it's a different brand, a different listenership. Like we're not idiots, you know? I almost think too, that like podcasts have become such a medium that companies are investing like billions of dollars in expansion of true crime documentaries and books on tape and all uh, you know, podcasts yeah. in general. Audio, yeah. That it's a completely different genre of sports media and it has completely different rules. It has to. Right? Am I, am I, am I, am no I? No one wants to, you don't listen to people talk like conversationally where they're like, and yes, absolutely. You are totally right. And gosh, darn it. Like no one, that's not how people talk. Audio is a different thing. Like video forums and audio, it's all different. So Let's bring the fucks and the shits, bitch. 